Here we go. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to the We the Collective Fitness podcast. Um, so we have a, one returning guest and then one new person. So we'll, we're going to get uh, it's a Rachel story. We already have, have Maggie. So um, again, we want to go and start to you know, share some of the experiences that we have in, in terms of, of training and learning and, and getting this work done. So please introduce yourself and tell us some fun stuff. Yeah. So my name is Rachel Berger. I am an Oak Parker. I've lived here for most of my life. Um, I knew Charlie through some former training and was really excited to um, kind of gain some strength. Uh, weightlifting always kind of scared me, um, but I've really kind of found my place in being somewhere that there are so many trainers that I've known through previous relationships that it's just such an accepting environment. Um, I can do both yoga and strength, which is really important to me. And I just I really feel like I fit. So I'm really excited to be here. So when you said it was uh, a bit like intimidating, a little bit scary. So like what motivated you to, to start? Like what was that kind of aha moment for yourself? Mm -hmm. You're like, maybe, maybe I do want to learn this. Um, one, because I trusted you as a trainer. I knew you weren't going to push me dumb. beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't happen every day, but I knew I wasn't going to get hurt doing it, I guess I should say. Um, and the other is that my mom has been doing strength training for almost all, so at least since I've been 10, so about 30 years of my life, um, and just watching her and how much she can bench and all of that stuff. Um, her trainer wasn't a good fit for me uh, times, but I knew that it was possible just kind of watching my mom go through. Okay, so as you started getting into the lifting, um, what's kind of stood out um, from what you've learned? Because I know we've been working at this for uh, a month or so now. Mm -hmm. uh, so what, what kind of things have stood out to you in, in terms of your day-to-day? Yeah, I think I am way stronger than I thought I was. Um, I really only saw myself for the next like three to five weeks just doing the bar. I was like, that's where I'm going to be. And I think we immediately realized that like me just doing the bar, um, I needed more and that it actually helped my form when I had more weight on there. So I, I surprised myself in how much I was actually able to do. Yeah, I, I find it really surprising, especially for someone like the trap bar, doing trap bar deadlifts at 95 pounds, and people are like, I can't pick that up, and it, and you watch them stand up, and it's so fast, yeah. and it's like, they don't even realize, it's like, yeah, you had that the entire time, so, yeah. um, so when, when you're, when you're thinking about um, your, your training, so what, what has been, like, the, the movement that you've liked the most so far, or something that kind of stood out for that? I love bench press, and I love deadlifts. I, for whatever reason, feel super powerful doing those, and um I just really feel like I kind of know what I'm doing. Deadlifts, I still have a little bit of form to work on, but I think those are my my two favorites um, so far. Okay, so well, we'll rewind a little bit further yeah. back. So tell, speak a little bit about so like some of the training work that you had done before, because mm -hmm. um, again, we we, we kind of get the, the understanding of why you started this yeah. one, but yeah, what was some of the other work that you were doing? Yeah, so uh, the cool thing about Charlie is that he tried or you tried to work in kind of my lifestyle. So I have a nonprofit that does rescue transport. I left a lot of dogs, cats, pigs crates, all of that stuff. So really goats, working on goats. We just did our first goat. Um, so really working on those mechanics of lowering um, safely and also with needing a lot of weight because dogs can be, I mean, we just did a 74 pound dog the other day. Um, so that was kind of the foundation was getting all of this strength down. I always kind of feel like I've had pretty decent lower body strength and I have felt very weak upper body strength. Um, so once I started doing kind of the bench pressing and all that, I, I realized there was more in there than I thought. So it was really a foundation of, um, 
combination of stretch because I also have very tight kind of hamstrings, very tight back, all of that, and then kind of working in weightlifting with that. Yeah. Um, so when, when, what, what I was kind of asking a little bit more is like yeah. other types of training that you had been doing as well. So um, like whether you were doing hit training or mm -hmm. other places, cause you had mentioned working with the other trainer beforehand. Yeah. So just kind of like some of those uh, experiences just a little bit, because then, then we can find a, a more robust way of like, well, why did you make those decisions yeah. that you did? So to kind of understand your, your sure. experience. Sure. Um, I have tried, uh, running training. Um, and I use the word try. So I've done a half marathon with very solid training. And I say solid in that, like I actually did the training runs. I stayed on quote unquote schedule, all of that. Um, I then signed up for the Chicago Marathon, did not train greatly, and then walked it, but finished it in time. Okay. Um, it does. So I still am interested in running, but more in a capacity of like sprint triathlons um, and all of that. The longer distances are, are my whole body, my whole lower body kind of like poops out after I do those. Um, so biking kind of interests me. Um, so my, I'm lucky to have several friends with Pelotons. So mm -hmm. I dog sit for them and or child watch for them. And then I get to use their Pelotons. Good use of time then. Yes. Multitask it out. Yes. So that has been part of it too. And the trainer that my mom works with is just used to working with older individuals. So like 40 to 50 plus. Um, and they're very, they kind of know what they're doing in there. And I did not know what I was doing. And, um, I needed someone with more cues, more like, okay, that doesn't work. Let's try this type style. He is an amazing trainer, um, just not a good fit for me. Those those kinds of things happen. I think everybody kind of finds the the, the language that speaks to them yes. when they go through their training. Yep. So uh, yeah, trying to keep the message is customized to the person itself, which is, is really, really hard because how do you go ahead and build a generalized program and still be able to help an individual with this one? So, um, you know, as, as you keep kind of going through it, do you, what do you expect the next set of barriers to kind of be like, as you go ahead and train, is it going to be, you know, sometimes people have an, an issue saying like they're, they're, they lose motivation mm -hmm. or, um, or they kind of just, you know, lose some consistency. Yeah. So, um, you know, of any of these like mental barriers, do you think there's going to be something that kind of comes up? So again, we can prep for all the stuff early yeah. and, and make sure that you get the, the, the right approach. Right. Yeah. Um, time management is my number one. So I still work full time as a uh, community health nurse. And then I also, my, my rescue, depending on the week, um, it can also be full time. So I have done better at making time for me um, and saying no and doing all of that. But um, I need, I, I want to do a little bit better at that. And that's when I've noticed um, weeks that I, I ideally want to be here at least three days a week is my goal. Um, and even if one of those days is in, but just the kind of consistency of getting here um, matters a lot to me. So time management is kind of my number one barrier. Um, I'm doing better than I thought I would. Uh, I also just injured my ankle, not working out. Um, so that kind of put a little bit of hindrance, but it also was great to come somewhere that kind of knew about stretching it out and that kind of stuff and didn't put me in a position that made it hurt more. So even when I came to do a workout with another trainer, we focus more upper body and abs. So really kind of adapting to what I needed, but definitely time management is my number one. Yeah. And then lack of box squat jumps. Um, yeah, that, that would have been the best thing for your ankle. Right. Um, so, you know, making, making the transition to, um, to, to more of the weightlifting stuff, um, any other kind of changes that are going through. So 
uh, plan and attack on like eating changes or other like lifestyle changes. Again, you said you were a runner, but you want to train for these new events, mm -hmm. these like more like Ironman-esque type deals, yeah. um, which is super, super cool. And it takes a ton of training to get that work done. Yeah. Um, but to be able to have the energy to, to do all of that work, yes. like there, there does have to become like a very specific eating pattern to yeah. that one. So um, maybe some life lessons on some of your, like your education around nutrition yeah. and, and kind of working through some of that. Yeah. So I think that um, I am someone because of my nursing background and being around dietitians in general um, that knows what I need to do, but I am not good at doing it. Um, so I think that today's a perfect example. I was feeling lightheaded while I was driving and I'm like, why? And I'm like, oh, all I ate this morning was a piece of king cake and a latte um, and it's 2 p.m. So I think that I need to work on having prepped meals already. Um, I always said, whenever I've tried to do working out and, and changing my eating patterns at the same time, I become overwhelmed. So I always said I wanted to get kind of a solid um, working plan in, which I feel like I have um, the ankle put a little bit, but I like know which trainers I like to work with. I know if I sleep in, I can go to this one later. Um, so now I think I'm in a position to really work on the eating portion of things. Um, I try to limit meat, um, just by personal choice. So that has, that puts the protein thing without doing too much of kind of cheese. I love cheese. Um, it's back out there. there. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's, I, I definitely have some work that I need to do. And I think meal prep is a huge part of that. Um, and that will yeah, that's, that's actually one of the things that, that helped me uh, a whole bunch when I was going through like my weight loss pieces of it is just having something ready because it's so easy to just say, well, there's nothing in the fridge. I'm going to get pizza yep. or like, oh, this isn't ready. I can get this in 20 minutes. But it's like, well, if I actually spent the time cooking, it probably would take me 10 to actually make it. Um, something funny about that is um, I can never pronounce the guy's last name. His first name is Ethan. Um, he's got like a, a very, very like distinguished red mustache. So mm. um it's great, um, just great, like, uh, food channels. He does a ton of cooking. And um, one of the best videos that he did as of late, it's half prepping. Mm -hmm. So the idea would be, like, putting chicken to the slow cooker, but it would be, like, salt and pepper. Yeah. And then when you go ahead and actually make the meals, you already have this these baselines to kind of start yeah. from. And I've been using that for the last like, couple of months because, um, again, my schedule is all screwed up, too. So, like, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be out the door at, like, 4 45 5 a.m and i don't get home until 10 o'clock at night yeah so like I, I usually have to make sure that i take something with me and i wanted to ask that kind of question of you because again you, when you get into more of that that training for iron man stuff yeah. you're really gonna <laughs> i paid a gallery um no it's wonderful we'll tell better stories um but yeah but like having so much like not being able to, to to sit down and eat as often as I would like to yeah. and kind of having that stuff moderately prepped out. Yeah. Um, so it's because I get bored with food really quick. Yeah. So if I made like four or five meals, I'm not going to eat them. There's no way. I'm, I'm better at that actually. It's just that I don't have it. So I am someone that can eat like the same thing three or four times. I just hate cooking um, and I hate prepping. And when I've tried kind of the plans that have that, um, they've been kind of beyond my budget. So I have a couple of friends that said they'd love to do that for me, just kind of make double of what they're already making. Um, so I have some uh, ideas with that. That's but, a lot of yeah, I think the other thing is uh, that I am in my van slash driving a lot, whether transport or doing the nursing piece. 
Um, so we are putting a fridge, actually Maggie's husband, mm -hmm. it's going to help with the fridge cabinet <laughs> um, in the van too. So I can have both stuff that needs refrigerated, like blue yeah, legs or a ton of more options. Yeah. yeah that makes and it also easier. not refrigerated. Um, so I have become a huge fan of the tiny bell peppers or tiny sweet peppers in hummus. They're like my new favorite thing. And I found a jalapeno cilantro hummus. So I definitely am like finding options and find myself at least gravitating to healthier options than just like chips and dip. Yeah. Sure I, I still issue. love chips and dip, but I think oh, that yeah. I'm realizing like it's the crunch and the creamy a lot of times that I want rather than just the chips. Yeah. Uh, as I play around with food, we just kind of learn that stuff. Like, um, I test drove vegan food for a while, not to be a vegan, but I, I, I love the science behind it. Like, mm -hmm. It's so stupid how does this work? And then it's like, it does. Because mm -hmm. I, I, again, it gives, it gives me more options, right? So um, I was test driving a hot dog recipe with carrots. Mm -hmm. And you're like, sounds silly, right? There's no, but it, it like liquid smoke and then you start to get garlic, onions, all these things in there. And then you dress it like a regular hot dog with extra onion, relish, all the other stuff you notice the texture is different, but yeah. to your point, it's like, you were looking for the crunchy and the creamy yeah. stuff. Like, it, it didn't really matter what that kind of was, as long as it kind of felt what it needed to do or got really, really close. So then again, just finding good salad options from there. Um, yeah, Cause I started screwing around with a lot of uh, popcorn chips. Mm -hmm. Those ones like 130 for the bag. Yeah. Or um, I found this other one, it's like protein chip. Yeah. They're, um, I like salt and vinegar. I've been yeah. on this really big salt and vinegar kick. Yeah. So, um, Again, like that's going to be the healthy food. I was like, you know what? So you have garbage every once in a while because right. again, it makes you somewhat normal. Um, because again, it's going to be like Tom Brady where your cheat meals. <laughs> what kind of cheat meal is that? It's like, my god, like that's what do you want? That's its own separate thing. It's just that's just me complaining for hours on end about other people. And, that's and I think when I have fully limited stuff like that and been like, I'm not having that, is why it ends up being a bitch. So I definitely still have, like, I got chocolate-covered almonds as a thing. I am a huge fan of popcorn more than chips almost. So sometimes I get a flavored popcorn. So, and that prevents me from having, like, four bags if I'm having, like, a quarter bag every few days. Do you ever try the Smart Pop? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's the one that that's I got. It's a very good fan food. Yeah, because for, like, it's, like, 200 calories or something for the yeah. bag. And it's, because, yeah. again, not all the pop. Okay. So I, I would use that when I have like problems binge eating. Yeah. Because again, I still have the issues, right? Mm -hmm. None of that stuff ever like goes away. You just manage it. Yeah. yeah. You just switch so. what you're binging carrots and hummus is. Because even then, like, but then understanding like I can make other swap outs where I can eat the garbage food, but mm -hmm. the garbage food is consisting of something completely different now, where mm -hmm. it's higher in protein or something else that just says, okay, this isn't the worst decision I yeah. could have made. Mm -hmm. It's the best decision of the circumstances that, that kind of happened with that one. Um, so what, since we're talking about food and all this other fun stuff, mm -hmm. um, so Maggie and I were talking before about um, like fat in the diets. Mm -hmm. And because we were talking about um, like adipose tissue of like people who, when they get older, um, you know, I was looking at like, I was explaining a, a cross section of like a man in his seventies, his leg, mm -hmm. and you do see all this like gray tissue. And it's only a little bit of like dark musculature towards the bone mm -hmm. and it's not even like symmetrical it's just kind of like lumped down there yeah. and then they showed like the cross-section of a, like a man who's in his 70s who like still runs and you just see like this thin layer of fat on yeah. the outside of their leg yeah. so seeing um and when we got into that sort of talking about it a little bit more um started talking more about um like the hormone impacts of it you know vitamin deficiencies that come along with it yeah. so since we're kind of on this range of uh, binge eating and, and kind of talking 
uh, about those experiences and kind of things that we try to cut out of our diet. People will just cut fat out and then they wonder why they get a little sickly. Um, But uh, Maggie went out of her way to say like, oh, it'd be so great to have you for that part of the conversation. So I want to kind of turn that over to you for a little bit and just see if we can start talking into that realm. And Maggie, absolutely chime in with, with your great info as well. I was really keen to say, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not an endocrinologist and I'm not a nephrologist, mm-hmm. but I love how those systems work in our bodies mm-hmm. normally. And then when they go awry, yep. and I was like, well, you know a lot about how they go awry in pediatrics. I so do. yeah, that would be a really interesting process. Yeah, I think, I think anytime, I think your body constantly strives for balance. So I think that A, when you take something away that it is used to, um, it throws it off. But also if that's an abrupt process, um, if you're not talking to someone that really knows what they're doing, all of that kind of stuff. And I think that um, we've seen kids that have switched formulas or um, kids that uh, join sports teams um, or that kind of stuff and have really seen um, we have a lot of low vitamin D, um, as does a lot of Chicago, especially in winter. Um, but just the, and then the weight loss kind of plateau that I always see when I'm not having fats. Um, and I try and strive for, for quote, healthier fats. So more of like the fish and the avocado and all of that kind of stuff. But whenever I've limited that is when my weight is like, nope, I'm not going anywhere. Um, it's, I kind of think of it as like when I stop eating fats, then my body wants to hold on to all the fats that I have on there. And I think that when we kind of work with young adults, especially in that kind of mindset, it makes a big difference. But um, nutrition deficiency deficiency within kids is, is definitely present. We're seeing it a lot too, because of a lot of pediatures and all that, which is a whole other conversation, um, which is actually called feeding disorders. So kids that are not used to eating foods and are used to kind of doing more of a liquid situation. And I know plenty of adults that's a thing. as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's called is feeding disorder. And they're also seeing it in adults now too, that are doing more of like the, I do five shakes a day. Oh, the vacuoles um, or the soylent stuff. Because mm-hmm. then stuff is already processed. So you're missing a lot of those nutrients. And fiber. Already processed, processed down. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah the, the fiber content of that stuff, unless you're getting like that psyllium husk. Right. And again, that's, why would you want to OD on that stuff? Like, mm-hmm. it, we're kind of designed to eat a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, no, I just, I never... I never even consider that like as a thing. Yeah, we know someone so it's with a feeding disorder rather than eating disorder. I think we know yeah. someone with a feeding disorder. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think I'd be interested um, to know more about that. So, no, I was gonna say, um, well, with the experience of again the the importance of of having like healthy fats in mm-hmm. diet, and I still think even having like some unhealthy fats mm-hmm. are fine. Absolutely. It's just. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, if we, if we tell ourselves no, eventually that part wins. Yep. So like, it's how do you go ahead and like manage some of those bits and pieces? Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm realizing I say the phrase bits and pieces a whole lot. I think in every <laughs> one of these things, I say bits and pieces at least twice. I think in one of my, I should put it as like a drink counter. Oh, I didn't realize how many times I said it. It's like, okay. Drinking game. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently. Um, but, you know, kind of learning more about, you know, the the healthier sides of, mm-hmm. of, of nutrition and all that. Um, I've just really caught up guard so feeding disorder yeah. type thing, but okay, cool. Like I just yeah. never processed it, but um, keep going. Tell me, tell me something else that's, that you kind of been, yeah, I think that you kind of seen or want to just kind of open up for more discussion. Yeah. I think just how much of role models we are um, 
for youth in general. So I think that is when an adult is talking about their body in front of a young person of any like age, quite honestly. I think it's age four is when kids start to really kind of look at models um, in how their body is being talked about. So just being like, I am incredibly mindful and I'm around my nephew of using words like strong and maybe tired rather than like a week or the, the word fat really affects a lot of, of, a lot of kids. Um, so I think language is huge. And then also how much you're moving your body. Kids are hundred percent watching us. And I think that um, that makes a huge impact. I am super lucky to be, uh, I received training from Adrian, who's also one of the trainers now is in Texas, and I miss her very much, but for my 95 hour for kids yoga training, um, and I have a ways to go. I plan to get my 200, which here is going to help with for sure. Um, but watching kids of all, so I mainly do ages like two to up to 15, 16, do yoga and realize like my body can do that. Like, or shutting down kind of their fight or flight that's constantly going um, in Shavasana, which is where you're kind of laying down and completely kind of melting into the ground and watching youth do that in an environment that a lot of them have never done that. Um, a lot of the youth I work with are in um, areas that have very high crime rates, um, schools that have improvements to make. Um, so I think that's a huge aspect as well. It's just the stress and how that stress can be combated, whether that's yoga or anything like that. And then access to healthy foods and just the model that adults in their lives are creating. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point on them like sitting still in Shavasana. Mm -hmm. And there was some some clip I saw recently that had me thinking, um, it's like teach your children to be bored. Mm -hmm. And it's like, teach them to self-soothe through those moments. It's like, I'm bored. It's like, well, not here to entertain you on that one then go do something yeah. um so again getting them encouraged to to start that process and then um again you're you're absolutely right when they they pick up on everything mm -hmm. um even doing like the youth soccer work that i get to do yeah. now and just kind of talking with kids for a little bit um you realize how quickly you can impact their thought process mm -hmm. and how they like think of themselves and how they consider things so one of my favorite things to do um with, with that one is usually the the girls that show up on my team they've never played soccer mm -hmm. and they're super like they, 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 they literally walk around like this because mm -hmm. they're so scared about what they need to go ahead and do. And during those ones, it's, that's the important time for me to go ahead and say like, go try yeah. and then just acknowledge when they're making like that right move and say, cause now, cause now after I've gotten through seasons, so I have two girls on my team. Um, One's progressed a little bit further than the other, but I, I know they're, but I actively know they're both trying their best. Yeah. That's the standout piece for me. Yeah. It's like, I know that they're giving me everything that they right now understand. Mm -hmm. And I go, perfect. That's all I need. Um, so one is actually starting to get like criticism back saying, what did, what did you do wrong? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I didn't make the first move. Cause like now you're thinking and now she can go ahead and recall that. Mm -hmm. So now she can go ahead and use that for other parts where it's like, well, maybe it is me. I can fix this thing. Yeah. I can work on this little piece for myself. And um, what I what I thought was really um, helpful with that one is how much more engaged they were in playing the game, how much more active they yeah. got into the process and enjoyed the sport itself. So now they're sitting there like, I watched the game yesterday. Yeah. And it's like, coach, I watched the game yesterday. And I, in my head, I'm like, I don't care. Because again, like, they, they want to go ahead and share this information. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they want they want to feel like it's like really, really impressive. It's like, hey, coach, I did what you was like, yes. And then thank you. Like that's always a really good thing. Yeah. And then it's like, so what did you learn from the game? Yeah. What position did you watch? Mm -hmm. Who did you who did you watch in this one? Yeah. And then finding like the right encouragement for um, 
them to develop into what they're supposed to be. So um, another person that I, I deal with is, uh, is kind of said like, I don't have time to work out because I have kids. I go, do you work out with your kids now? Do you go and play with your kids in that regard? Like, are you guys just all sitting around just kind of hanging out? Like, and again, if that's good quality family time, who am I to say what family time is, right? I don't know. But what you were saying before, encouraging that behavior early on and showing them, right? It's being the example of it. Yeah. So when, so when even you're saying, you know, to use certain words around kids to encourage that behavior, yeah. um, it's really, really important because they, they will become us overall like they will become a part of us anyway they will take some characteristic yeah, if they see it enough they will develop that too yeah. so why not give them the best stuff right yeah and we i think i told you this story so we within yoga um part of it is moving their bodies but a big part of it is affirmation um so we have we go around and share about our week and whatever affirmation they can either do one for themselves sometimes that's uncomfortable so they can do an affirmation for someone else in their group um, and they kind of pick, and then we do a group affirmation at the end. So affirmations are, I am strong, I am smart, I am, they can kind of go, I am empowered across the board. Um, and kids take a while to get used to them, but we did some bracelets with affirmation words. And one of my favorite days, we do our group one and kind of like get in the huddle with our hands in. And I was like, what's our group affirmation? And we try and make it so it's somewhat of a consensus. And one of the kids yells, I am not perfect. Uh, and I was like, huh, it took me a second. And then I realized that during our entire yoga session, I had been like, you don't have to be perfect. And he took that as that's okay. That, yeah. That, that's hard to that's understand. Hard. Yeah. And the fact that they chose that as their affirmation, I had the happiest year. I'm a crier. So I had the happiest tears in the world that like, like he was able to absorb that. I think that a lot of, especially balancing positions are just hard for anyone. Um, but especially wiggly kids. So we talked about kind of where you focus and um, what that looks like. And a lot of them, dancer, which is a balancing pose, they love tree, usually tree rocks with kids, but mm -hmm. we tried to level it up and do dancer. And I, I constantly was like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and that was the affirmation they chose. Mm -hmm. And I think that just, I mean, kids teach me every day and that's why I will hang out with them forever um, as a proud auntie and a pediatric nurse and a teacher. But I think that that really spoke to me. And I think I, I still kind of hear that kid and those kids echo that when I'm doing strength training and all of that, that I'm like, this isn't how I want it to be, or this isn't the weight I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, that's a huge kind of affirmation and lesson they gave me. Yeah, because um, we're, we're supposed to make mistakes, yep. right? We, yep. we're, we're, we, we, get, we have to, like that's it's part of the process because mm -hmm. we're helping learn otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. If we had everything perfect all the time, yeah. life would get incredibly boring. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so like, um, so for like all the intentions and stuff, because I'm, I'm trying to think of what I need to set up for this week and I don't, I don't have my intention ready yet. Yeah. Like, you know, recognizing that it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Like there's not going to be a right time to do things yeah. and things are going to be up in the air and crazy. Oh, um, I don't pray for an easy life. I pray for the strength to endure a difficult. So it's it's not about like wishing and trying to think that things are going to get better. It's like, man, I wish this, man, I wish my weights would go up better. Well, what am I actively struggling through to go ahead and do that? Wishing doesn't do anything. Right. My grandpa used to say, you can wish in one hand, and he didn't say defecate, but defecate in the other, <laughs> and see which one you get first. Yeah, that's a that's a. Mm. Yeah, that's an accurate depiction, <laughs> depiction of it. Because yeah. like wishing for things isn't bad, but the it's thing bad. is. If you're, yeah, if you're not going to start the process of getting to that, then how are you 
going to make those adjustments, right? Yeah. So I'd rather just look at it and say, like, every time I'm going, like, yeah. I don't want to do, I don't want to do cardio. Yeah. I don't want to run, but I told myself I'd run. Yeah. It can be fun. And it was, and, and Megan took me on an awesome run, which is going to help hopefully change over my, my 5k setup for, uh, the mistakes of glory. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a really fun, just run cold, but, yeah, um, really cool. you know, we walk ran it and mm -hmm. it turns out we have the same pace. So yeah. it actually works out really well for that one. So it's not like we we're trying to fight each other to slow down or speed up. It just worked out really, just like, really well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I like to find those moments when my life is really hard Yeah. and then kind of like live in that moment and be like, well, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't progress any further. Mm -hmm. So like, I need to go ahead and do those things for myself. And it's, it's, and it's good to like, what you've done in that scenario even for the, the other kid is to kind of recognize they can have that same mentality. Yeah, like right. they can go ahead and say like, no, 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 go ahead and make it hard. Yeah. Like that's going to make me yeah. better. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to mess up. Yeah. That's going to make me better. Yeah. Like, and let them have that chance to really think for themselves about how it is. Because again, as a youth, it's really easy to plant an idea in the kid's mm -hmm. head, but if you get them to think critically for themselves, yeah. like, it's oh my God, the world's their oyster then, right? Yeah. Like they can be, they can actually be anything. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's yep. really, really cool. And I think that a lot of kind of the news and everything else has kind of had me, have me lose faith in a lot of things, but I promise every time I hang out with kids um, and animals are the two that I'm like, we're going to be okay. We can do this, especially youth. I mean, these kids are like I don't even know like nothing is holding them back almost it's like this fearless attitude and as long as they have adults that continue to build that rather than kind of barrier it I think I, I feel a lot more hopeful oh very very That's cool, cool. Yeah. um yeah we just we got the notification of like 10 minutes left because yeah. we have such a high budget for this program <laughs> um the, the, the free zoom I can get away with <laughs> Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to go ahead and add in. Again, you can talk more about Rescuber. There's there's still tons of time for it. So I just want to make sure that you get more than enough opportunity because um, the, pro the program that you do is awesome. Um, so I, I wanted to call and recognize that. It, yeah. it was uh, one of the very first things that we added into the site once I kind of knew that, oh, there's oh, this is real. Okay, very, very cool. Yeah. Um, you had an event recently. You know, any other events coming up? Yeah. Uh, share, share as much of that as you'd like. Yes. Um, so Rescuver is the name of the nonprofit that I started, and I have an amazing supporting cast now. Um, so I was going to start my own senior dog rescue. I love senior dogs. Um, and then I realized that I don't want to be on call 24-7. So rescues deal with a lot of adopters and fosters, and I'm great working with people. I just like my phone to not be ringing nonstop um, for kind of the parents that I mentioned. So I started Rescuver. I sent a message out to about 40 different um, animal rescue places. And I was like, what do you guys need? And all of them said transport. Um, so transport is both kind of rescue rides. So out of the animal controls to rescues between fosters. There's a lot of city fosters that don't have vehicles, um, vet visits. Uh, and then 2020, we started doing a lot of mutual aid stuff as well. So food pantries, pet food pantries, um, helping some individuals move when they needed to. So kind of using our van in however the community needed really. Um, so we are very, very grateful. We did about 1,200 animals and about, I don't even remember, I think 600 pounds of mutual aid goods um, last year. And um, we got to celebrate all of that at the Bark Mitzvah, which was last weekend at this point. Yeah, everything's flying by. Um, Time. Mm -hmm. So we celebrated that. Um, and it was just so cool to have so many people so passionate about this and believing in a mission in the same room. Like I can't, 
I still kind of get this really good energy. Uh, yeah, really good it, was, energy. it was amazing. So we want to celebrate more of that. Um, so we do an annual St. Patrick's Day. Um, this will officially be our first one in person, maybe. We have to do a lot of virtual because of COVID. <laughs> um, so we're doing that at Bucktown Pub on 314, so Pie Day. On Pie Day. Yes. yes. And then I'm debating between pizza or pie, so that's still to be figured out for the humans. Um, but for dogs, there'll be little um, homemade pies to size. So for the smaller dogs, it'll be smaller, and the bigger dogs will be bigger. And a timed contest on that. And then we're going to be starting um, all over Forest Park, Oak Park, and the city, um, alternating monthly between bingo and trivia. So that we can really kind of connect into the community. Um, so check out yeah. our website for that, rescuever.org. It's also on uh, We the Collective's website. We're really thankful for that. Yeah, it's um, under the uh, community page. So it's in yeah. the top header. It says the community, uh, everybody else that we work with. Um, and again, these are just other individuals in the area. So the other, the only other person that's on there is uh, a mutual friend, uh, Lisa, from from where we were yeah. before. Um, this awesome dietitian work. So, um, and actually, because of conversations with her, this is how that got started. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, well, how do I do that, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And I, I thought it was really interesting that she, you just called up, like, so what do you guys need? Mm -hmm. And then you went out and you filled that space yeah. by by doing that type of work because you could have done any of it. Like right. You could have just picked something and said, I want to go do this and then push for it. But instead you ask them, it's like, what would be the best way to support? Yeah, I really like strengthening, like both in, in rescue, but also just in, in life in general, strengthening people that are already doing a really good job. Um, I, I am very much not about like creating a wheel. Um, so yeah, and we actually, eventually, if I get my stuff together here, are going to be doing some reps for rescue. So where people are going to make personal goals for themselves of what their reps will look like and then raise maybe a dollar per rep um, that will go to rescue as well. So that will probably be in like April, May. Um, but stay tuned for that too. All right. Um, I think I think we got a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, talked about today. Now, anything else you want to just kind of add in? We oh, got under Jack would like to request a mincemeat pie, please. Oh, no for pie day. Yeah, my pointer wants a mincemeat <laughs> pie. Yeah, no sweet potato pie for him. <laughs> just not the kind of sweet. It's just just give him the meat. It's just the meat. Yeah, yeah. He would be a really good keto dog. Yeah. Jay's the same way. My big dog's the same way. Harold yeah. will eat anything, but Jay's the same way. Well, um, all right. Well, on, on that note, uh, we're, we're, we're all set up here. So um, it's nice to both be able to kind of like wrap up the studio thing for, for today and then uh, enjoy a very bright, very sunny bright, afternoon. Sunny, I, I'm really excited yeah. about